Uh, it's my absolute delight this morning to uh, welcome Paul Robinson, who's the CEO of Release International. Release International uh, advocate on behalf of people who persecute Christians persecuted around the world. They also raise the profile of what is going on around the world with regard to persecution. Paul's going to come and share. Uh, now, why don't you come, Paul? Let's give him a very warm welcome. He's all over the world. He gets to meet world leaders and share in the course. And so we welcome you this morning, Paul. just going to sort my stand out because I've got new glasses. I'm not joking. I've got very focals and uh, they're not easy, are they? Um, I'm going to, now that'll do actually. That'll be fine. Yes. Yeah, as long as I don't fall off the stage. Right. So I just want to pick up on a couple of things really that have been said in the, in the service. Because um, everything that I say today, um, I don't want it to be about an organization I don't want to be about me or us or others. I want it to be about Jesus. And we've just given ourselves in worship. And I know sometimes that's not easy, right? Sometimes life is rubbish. Sometimes life is great. But in all those times, he remains faithful. He's the same. There's no change or shifting shadow in God. He remains faithful. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what we sing is truth. And the truth sets us free. So some of the things we sang are, let faith arise, open my eyes. Brothers and sisters, if you're dry, if you're missing it, if you're not near to God, pray those sorts of prayers. Let faith arise, open my eyes, let me see Jesus, because there's no other answer to anything in life other than him. We all go through stuff. Our brother shared, there's distractions. There's distractions all the time. The devil will do all he can to distract you. You'll use your time in all kinds of ways rather than giving it to God. There's always distractions. There's illness. There's sickness. There's difficulty. There's relationship problems. There's always distractions. But he is the same. He's faithful. He's constant. He's never changing. He's the only one we can turn to. I'm going through some stuff, have been for a while, and the people in release say to me, how have you done it? How have you stayed so on fire for God? And I have to say, brothers and sisters, I'm not special. I make mistakes. I blow it, right? But all I can say to them, by God's grace, and everything's by God's grace, which is all sufficient, by his grace, I know where to look. And if I can say anything today that I want you to remember, it's that. Look in the right place. Find him. Seek him, whatever your circumstances, seek him. He's above everything. I, met, I wasn't going to share this testimony, but I met a woman in Pakistan recently called Rose. It's not a real name. She converted from Islam, and because of that, they found her, poured kerosene on her, and set her on fire. Okay, just for coming to Christ. If you want to know what following Jesus can cost you, right? we haven't discovered that in Grimsby or Cleethorpes yet, not really. But the thing about roses, and it's difficult to say this because there's a fire analogy, but she shone with Jesus. It's like she was aflame with Christ. And I haven't got time to tell everything, but I asked her this in my own brokenness. I said, because I, I wanted a secret. I said, Rose, how have you done it? How have you stayed so sweet? How have you stayed so worshipping? How do you still reach out to those that persecute you? And I've never forgotten these words because I say them every day. 
Because Paul, it is perfectly reasonable. Get that word reasonable. That's not even special. It's just reasonable. She said, Paul, it's perfectly reasonable to expect to find the very best of God in the very worst of circumstances. And if she can do it, I have to be able to do it because he's the same Lord. So brothers and sisters, if I can say anything and encourage you in whatever the distractions are, whatever the difficulties, one of my colleagues, and hopefully if we have time, Marilyn will pray for my colleague Colin. He's our prisoners of faith leader, so he travels the word. He's worked with Azia Bibi. He's worked with prisoners all around the world. He's just had a diagnosis, a nine-month terminal throat cancer. But I asked him to preach at our staff day in the middle of that diagnosis. I want to say, and I've been a Christian for 34 years, and I'm not exaggerating, it was the best sermon I have ever heard in all my life. Because right in the middle of it, he was able to lift up the name of Jesus and say, whatever happens to me, he's faithful. So if I can encourage you in any way, that's it. And when we worship, let's hook into the words we sing and proclaim it in our worship. Because we sang this morning, this is amazing grace. Man, if that doesn't touch our hearts and cause us to want to praise him more than the stones praise him, then nothing will. This is amazing grace. Death could not hold you. The the veil tore before you. When Jesus died on the cross, this does me in. The curtain in the temple at Jerusalem tore from the top to the bottom. And for those of you who understand a little bit of the Old Testament, you'll understand you could never get through through the veil to the presence of God. It was impossible. He was too holy. And on the cross, that veil that stopped us getting near a holy, righteous God was tore in two. Which means I can walk with boldness and confidence into the presence of the living God whose white, hot, holy anger rages against sin. But Jesus sucked it up in his body on the cross and said to me, if you'll believe in me, you can be forgiven and you can have relationship restored to the Father. Brothers and sisters, we're reconciled to God our Father. There's no greater news than that in this world. Everybody is broken relationally. And they'll try and find it in all kinds of ways. The only place to find healing in relationships is to be reconciled to Daddy. The Spirit of God comes into our lives and we cry. We cry, Abba. That's the best news. It's the good news. That's why the cross is good and not bad. So when we sing, let's proclaim it. You silence the boast of sin in the grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory. I sometimes wonder when the heavens are roaring and they look down on us on a Sunday, what are they doing? Come on, they're doing. Come on, join in with us. Join in with us. This is amazing news. Anyway, that's just the intro. I just wanted to encourage you in what we had in the worship this morning. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the name above all names. Well, my name's Paul Robinson. It ain't nothing like Jesus. Paul Robinson's dead common. Paul means small. I'm really proud of Robinson because that's my mum and dad. Um, But that's who I am. And uh, some of you know me because I've been here before. Some of you might know me because I'm Dennis and Cynthia's boy. But it's also my privilege to be CEO of Release International. And this is a quick summary of what I want to share very quick with you this morning. I want to intro dead quick Release International. I want to talk to you very quickly about freedom in Christ 
as seen in Jesus and Paul. I want to give you an example of one persecuted Christian who's used his freedom gloriously. And I want you to ask this question, how will I use my freedom for the sake of God's kingdom? And then we'll, we'll start all that with prayer. So the best way to introduce release is this video. This year is a very special one for Release International as it marks our 50th anniversary. Some people have called 1968 the year that rocked the world. Among other things, that year saw the assassinations of Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy. It was also the year that Reverend Stuart Harris, after an inspiring encounter with Romanian pastor Richard Vermbrandt, established a Christian ministry which today is called Release International. Richard Vermbrandt had been in prison and tortured for his faith for 14 years under communist rulers. His escape from communism and the publication of his book, Tortured for Christ, opened the eyes of Christians in this country to the persecution of Christians in communist countries behind the so-called Iron Curtain. Of course, that particular Iron Curtain no longer exists, but today there are many more such curtains that are in place to cut off Christians in repressive states from those in the free world. Those curtains try to hide what's happening to believers in closed nations from the rest of the body of Christ. 50 years since Richard Vermbrandt first came to these shores, our mission at Release International remains the same. Just like Richard did, we continue trying to tear down those curtains, ripping holes in them to create a way for persecuted Christians and free Christians to connect, to hear each other's voices, to pray for and support those who are suffering, and to learn from each other as equal disciples of Christ. Well, if that's your heart, I'd encourage you to get involved with us this year through one of the many events and activities we have planned. Not only will you be helping our persecuted family, but you will gain a deeper understanding of what it truly means to follow Jesus Christ. At the end of Torture for Christ, Richard calls on so-called free Christians, you and me, not to abandon those being persecuted for their faith. May that plea, as important today as it was in 1968, inspire all of us as we serve God and them this year and every year. Thank you and God bless you. So we're an independent ministry in the UK. We're an evangelical Christian ministry. We're proud of that. The roots of our ministry is in the gospel. We want to win people for Jesus. And we want to love and support those who are winning people for Jesus in some of the worst places. We have a heavenly calling which came through Richard Vermbrandt. There's a book that he wrote called tortured for Christ. There's about 10 free ones of those on the table there. If you wanted our anniversary edition, you can get it from the website, but it's tremendous testimony, and our calling came through that man, Richard, and his dear wife, Sabina, who suffered amazingly for Christ. And our big biblical mandate that came with him was Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3. And I love verses like this. And my old youth pastor used to say, in Scunthorpe New Life Church, by the way, used to say, these verses and verses like them are not like optional extras on a car. Like, you know, you don't just say, I want the sat-nav because it's an optional extra. This is integral. Without this stuff, the car doesn't work. And you have no choice to, but to treat it as truth and something to act on. They are mandates from God. And God said this, Remember those who are in prison 
as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you are also in the body. I love the word of God, because you can meditate on that for a month and still get stuff out of it. But if we're to remember, it's an active word, it's a verb, it's continually remembering those who are in prison as if you're in prison with them. Now that's a difficult thing, but that kind of imaginative prayer can lead you into something very rich in Christ. If you pray this and remember them as if you're the one in prison, you can touch Christ as they touch Christ. Like Rose, who was in the worst situation in Pakistan, who was burned with kerosene, if you pray with her, you can enjoy the presence of God that she enjoys. And this bit here where it says, those who are mistreated since you are also in the body. The Christian faith is not just about me, it's about us. And it's not just about this church or the churches in Grimsby and Cleethorpes. It's about the churches in the nation. It's about the churches in the world. There is only one body of Christ. There's not a persecuted body of Christ and a not persecuted body of Christ. There's one body and we're in it together. Whether we know them or not, they're our brothers and sisters. And if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it's a fantastic chapter. But in verse 26, it says this. If one member suffers, all suffer. If one member is honored, all rejoice. Now again, you can't get a hold of that scripture for real unless you pray it through. Because we might intellectually go, they're suffering, oh dear, I must do something. And that's good. But the more you pray, the more you meditate, the more you identify with them, you begin to get their blessing. You begin to be in their place. And then you begin to move from intellect to empathy, where you can feel it. So when you hear about Rose being burnt with kerosene, yet glorifying God, you can feel what's going on. And that can lead you into incredible prayer in the presence of God. So that's a good scripture. We're in the body together. And our job at Release is to do nothing more than to help you in that. We want to help you be with them. We want to help you to love them. We want to help you to serve them. And we want to help you to get the benefit of doing that. That video talks about being equal disciples of Christ with them. I want to tell you, in my time in ministry with these people, I get so much more from them than I will ever give. That one phrase from Rose, and I've got tons of stories like that, that one phrase sets me up for life every single day. And if we can connect with them and hear their stories and hear their testimonies, we can learn with them what it means to be disciples of Christ. If you want to know more about our founding, then this video is uh, great. We've just had that produced for us by Friends in America. It's cost us nothing. We didn't want to spend any donors' money on stuff like this. So someone did it for us from America. It is a fantastic film. It's 70 minutes long, and I think Marion has got a plan for it. So if you want to know more about... Sorry, Marion. I always call you Marion. <laughs> You'll get a bow and arrow out in a minute. Marilyn. Thank you, Dave. So she's got a plan for that, but it's a terrific film. It's 70 minutes long. My daughter, who's a film buff, says it's good. It's Hollywood standard. It's made on location in Romania where Richard was tortured, only using Romanian actors and actresses. It's absolutely fantastic. And if you want to know more about release, rather than me bang on about it all the time, there's a card on your seat with a free pen. Sign up to get the magazine. 
because it will inform you. It comes once every quarter, and it will really inform you, which is our heart. We bring some of what I'm saying to you every three months. So sign up. We won't bombard you. That's not the deal. We just want you to be equipped. So sign that, and you can give it to me or Marilyn at the end of the meeting. So this is our UK mission. should be on the screen now. And you'll see I boldened the last line, learning lessons of true Christian discipleship with them. Because that's something I want to do with you today. I want to leave something with you that says to your heart, I'm going to be different. What I've heard is going to change me. I'm going to walk for Jesus in a different way when I go out this building. Because that's what coming to church should be about, really. You shouldn't come in here the same way as you went out. right? Fellowship, hearing the word, worshipping together should set a blaze in our heart that says... Whatever the price, whatever the cost, I want to live for him more because I benefit in doing that, but so will the world. And what I want to share today, I hope, is going to leave that in your heart. Um, I was walking around Tesco with my daughter one, one late night, and the music was playing, and I heard a song, and I thought this is what I heard. When you ask me what I've done with my life, I'll say I've spent it on you. And I went, Sarah, did you hear that? And she went, what? And I told her. She said, no, they, those weren't the words, Dad. And they weren't, but it's what I heard. And those words have stuck with me because one day I want to get to glory and stand before God. And when he says to me, with all my imperfections and failures, when he says, what have you done with your life? I want to say, to my best ability, with all my brokenness, Jesus, I've done my best to live for you, to spend it on you. There's nothing better to spend all our lives on than Christ and his kingdom. So I want to talk with you very briefly about freedom. Last Sunday was Remembrance Sunday. We talked a lot about freedom there. If you're into movies, you'll recognize the quote on the screen behind me. And if we've got any Scots in the building, I'm really sorry, because I know that film runs roughshod over Scottish history. But it makes a point. If you've seen the film, there's a point at which he cries, Freedom! But I want to talk to you about freedom. It's a bit of fun, but it begs the question, what will we do with the freedom we've got? And what will we give our lives to? So turn to John chapter 8 if you've got a Bible. It's going to come on your screen, or one verse is. John chapter 8. I haven't got time to go through it all, so read the context for yourselves. It's really important, but John chapter 8. And verse 31 and 32 says this. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you'll know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Well, again, don't just gloss over all the little words. There's a big word there. Two letters, if. Big, big word. Think about the word if. When you see words like that in Scripture, think about them. If. 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 You hold to my teaching, you're my disciple. So what's the converse of that? If you don't, then you probably ain't. You're something. But this scripture says you're not a disciple. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And then there's the payoff. You'll know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Now, as I've said, read the context. It's really important. But suffice to say, in that passage, we've got Jesus teaching us about who he is, that he comes from the Father, and that anyone who belongs to the Father listens and holds gladly to the Father's words and lives those words out each day. 
In James it talks about if we don't do the words, if we just hear them and don't do them, it says we're deceived. It's like we look in a mirror and walk away and go, what did I look like? That's what James says. If we don't do the words, we might think we're doing something, but we're deceived. And the enemy always works with deceit. It'll make you think you're something that you're not. So it's really important to hold to the words. And in that glorious context that you can read about, in verse 36, it says this. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If the Son sets you free, you will be free a little bit. A big bit. You'll be free indeed. Well, I know as I've walked with the Lord for 34 years, I don't always feel free. So sometimes, in the wonderful relationship we have with the Father, we have to dig deeper all the time and find our true freedom so that we can constantly walk in it. Churchill said, persevere. I don't really like a lot of Churchill quotes. There are some really funny ones, but he said, persevere, never give in. James again says, persevere, because it will produce something in us. It says if we persevere, we'll find faith and we'll end up being mature and lacking nothing. So if you don't feel free, don't give up. Just keep digging in and finding it. The truth will set you free. But we can be confused about freedom because we think freedom is something that the Bible doesn't always teach. So we think freedom is about being able to do what I want, when I want, and how I want to do it, right? We think freedom is about having tons of money in the bank because that means I can go on holidays or buy Mercedes cars. I've got a brand new Mercedes, by the way. Don't think I'm rich. My son works for Mercedes-Benz Formula One and he gives me the keys every year. <laughs> okay, But it's not about that. Freedom doesn't mean I've got this car that I can tear up and down the motorways in. But the world says freedom is that. The world says freedom is about my rights. My rights all the time. And we fight for our rights all the time. And sometimes that's good. But sometimes it's self. It's the human nature crying out, don't treat me this way. Don't offend me. Because I'm important. And of course we know from scripture we are important. But, but there's a wrong thing about self in all of that. But it looks like freedom. It's all about me. It's all about my rights. But the Bible teaches something else. Let's look at it. Um, we've just read from John chapter 8, those few verses from John chapter 8, if the Son sets you free, Jesus, you'll be free indeed. But if you flip forward through the Scriptures to John chapter 19... You'll see Jesus standing before Pontius Pilate. The one who's setting us free is bound, is beaten, is tortured, and he's before Pilate. And Pilate says, I can set you free. Now, when I read that, it stopped me in my tracks because I thought, hang on a minute, there's something wrong here. Who's free? Is it Pilate with all of his power and all of his wealth and all of his status is it Pilate or is it Jesus? Well, you tell me, which one is it? You can speak, by the way. Jesus, yeah. Tell you what, whenever you get a chance to say the name Jesus, say it confidently. Which one's free? <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus is free. Does it look like he's free? It doesn't, does it? And Pilate says, I can set you free. That looks mad to us because Jesus is bound, he's beaten, he's tortured, 
Pilate says, I can set you free. And Jesus is standing there going, I already am. I'm already free. You have no idea. I'm as free as I can be. You have no idea what freedom looks like. Because I can set you free. Isn't that incredible? And if you wind forward a few chapters into the book of Acts, you'll find Paul the Apostle in the same situation before Agrippa and Festus. Paul the Apostle, the one who gave us most of the New Testament, is in the same place. He's before King Agrippa. He's bound, he's beaten, he's been tortured. And Agrippa says, I could set you free. Who's free? Paul's free. Is Agrippa free? It might be. In terms of the world, he's got everything. King Agrippa. I mean, doesn't get much better, really. But is he free compared to Paul? So it makes us think about what freedom is and what freedom isn't, doesn't it? And it makes me think about how I'm going to use my freedom. Because, brothers and sisters, we do have the freedom of the world. We can walk out of here and we can do what we like, pretty much. We're empowered to do it. We can complain about Brexit. We can get all et up about it. That's in God's hands. There's not a lot we can do to change it anyway now. But we can get, we're free, aren't we, to complain, to whine, to whinge, to celebrate. We're free to come to this church. You're not stopped by the secret police. It ain't going to be burnt down now you've renovated it. We're free. You can come to this church with a choice to worship freely or to think about how bad your life is. We have incredible freedom, but the real freedom, the real freedom is in Christ. And the big question is, how will we use it? And I want to introduce you to one man. He's a friend of mine. I'm going to skip on from the next slide. So if you can go to Peter, Peter Yashek. Slide 14. So this is my friend Peter Yashek. He's a co-worker of mine. If you look at that screen, the guy on this side and the guy with the beard, the same guy. Right? He's Peter Yashek. For more than 20 years, he's done this ministry. He's gone to Africa serving persecuted Christians. On one occasion, he was nipping into Sudan to help persecuted Christians as clandestinely as possible. And when he was nipping out, they arrested him at the airport. And a four-day trip turned to 445 days in some of the worst situations and prisons you can imagine. If you want to know more about Peter, go to our YouTube channel and um, subscribe. You young folk, middle-aged folk, and you sort of grey surfers, subscribe to our YouTube channel, because apparently the more people subscribe, the better benefit is for us in terms of getting the message out. So if you want to know more about Peter, go to the YouTube channel. I don't have a time to tell you his remarkable story, but before being released in February last year, he'd been sentenced to life imprisonment. Accused of many things, spying, trying to overthrow the government, being part of the CIA, all kinds of weird and wonderful things, none of which were true, but they chucked him in these horrible prisons, and as far as they were concerned, they were throwing away the key. So on this slide, you might remember this, some of you. During Peter's time in prison, he was in there with an assistant of Osama bin Laden and one of the Islamic jihadists in this photo who in 2015 executed 21 Egyptian Christians on a beach in Libya. As an aside from Peter's story, 
All these Christian brothers and sisters, brothers, 21 of them, all of them died free. Again, they died free. They were executed, they were beheaded. But every one of them died proclaiming the name of Christ. They were free and they still are free. Now that blows my mind. Maybe the first one who's there going, Jesus. But what about the second one? Just, and the third one, and the fourth one, and the 21st one. They died free. They knew what freedom was. And Peter was in prison with one of the guys that did this. You might be able to read the jihadist's own words on that video there. The people of the cross, the followers of the hostile Egyptian church. In a later part of the video, which we won't ever show, when it was actually taking place, when they were being executed, the jihadists' subtitles on the video mockingly read this. They supplicate whom they worship and they die on their paganism. If I ever have to die like this, I hope they say that about me. I hope they look at me and go, look at him, he's worshipping God, what a fool. He could be free if he just renounced his faith in Christ. (laughs) What's freedom? Well, Peter was put in prison, and during his long imprisonment, he was beaten, he was tortured. He was made to clean toilets of all the other prisoners with his bare hands, solitary confinement, all those things. And yet Peter, throughout the whole of his time, remained truly free. When I was with Peter recently, we just did a speaking tour together. He divided his prison time into three. In the first third, he had no Bible, so he prayed. He said, my prayer time got amazing. (laughs) Just praying all day. In the second third, he was given a Bible. And he didn't know how long he'd have it, so he memorized it, right? He just read it and read it and read it. Why did he read it? Because he knew that the truth sets me free. I need to be free in this prison The truth is in the Bible, I'm going to eat it and eat it and eat it and eat it. And that's exactly what he did. And in the second, in the third third, he was transferred to one of the worst prisons in Sudan called Al-Huda. And this is him preaching in Al-Huda prison, believe it or not. And he knew that God had prepared him for this with the first third and the second third. And in this dark, horrible prison, he led Muslims to faith in Christ. That prison is 10,000 prisoners. The cells are 100 prisoners in each cell. And every fourth cell, every fourth 400 prisoners, there's a mosque. And they managed to get a cell as a chapel. And they started preaching. And you think that might be dangerous? It absolutely was. He was being listened to by the secret police. But he thought this, what does it matter? I'm here forever anyway. I might as well go out with style. I might as well be free to preach the gospel and see souls saved who need to know Jesus. He was being observed all the time. And these are Peter's own words. At Al-Huda prison, it became obvious to me that the time I spent in prayer and with my Bible. Sorry? Sorry, I thought I was missing it. So at Al-Huda prison, it became clear to me that now was the time to share it all with others. And so I knew that all this had been heavenly arranged for me. The Lord had wonderfully prepared me for this time. Free in prison. I told my fellow Christian prisoners that God will free us from the cells if he wants to. He alone has the keys. He wasn't going, my rights, give me the keys. He was going, God has the keys. Anyway, what is one month, one year, many years in prison if it means others can come to know Jesus for all eternity? Isn't that incredible? He chose to use his freedom to spend it on Christ. And the question for me and you is, will we spend our freedom 
on Christ and his kingdom. What matters the most, and you all matter, you all matter so much to God that he gave Christ for us. We can't be loved more than that. It's impossible. But it doesn't stop there. God's love shouldn't just be kept in here. It needs to be thrown out there so that more people can know what it is to be free in Christ. And Peter, in this worst situation, missing his family, missing his wife, missing his kids, went, I'm going to spend my life on him, whatever it takes. Whether I'm free or not, in the world's eyes, I'm going to be free here to live fully for Christ. And in closing, there's this phrase I want to read to you. This is Helen Bahani. She was um, uh, an evangelical worship singer in Eritrea, which is a country north of Ethiopia. And it's known as the North Korea of Africa because of the way they treat evangelical Christians. And she was thrown into prison and terribly treated. She wrote a book called The Song of the Nightingale. And this is what she said towards the end of that book. And I can't say it better than this. So I want to give you a message to those of you who live in the free world. You must not take your freedom for granted. If I could sing in prison, imagine what you can do for God's glory with your freedom. So I'm going to finish there and ask Marilyn to lead us in some prayer. But I just want to encourage you, don't be in this place and just have your ears tickled any week. But don't have your ears tickled this week. Let your brothers and sisters, let the scriptures speak into your heart that proclaims you've got freedom in Christ. It was bought with the price of him dying on a tree. Use that freedom, not just for yourselves, but for the kingdom of God and everything that that means. Is it okay? Praise God. Marilyn?